that I fucking whipped ass today uh, is, is how I feel about getting here. Uh, I don't, don't particularly, like, I don't sound like I whipped ass today. Because it was a long one. But the fact that I'm here in the mood that I'm in, that should sound pretty good. The fact that I'm here in the mood that I'm in means that I whipped ass today. And so I'm not going to go into specifics because they're definitely not fun and they're definitely not sexy. Uh, but just a lot of malarkey. Kids, a lot of malarkey. And just random adult stuff. And so the one thing that I will go into is that my surge protector just fucking kaput on me. And that's a scary 30 seconds because it's like, oh shit, did my computer just die after I asked for all this fucking money? Oh, that's not going to look great. <laughs> no. Uh, but no, it's just the, it's just the surge protector. Thank Christ. It was an old surge protector. So no issue. I thought like, oh no, uh, it's just like the, uh, the reset button on it or something. Nope. Thing was dead. Absolutely no voltage whatsoever being drawn from it when it was plugged in. Uh, so had to go out, had to get a new one. It happened, uh, right before I was going to go see a client. So real frustrating start. Cause, uh, that's just not how I like to rep myself at all. And then I had to go to sleep all frustrated. I had just woken up. I had just taken a shower. Uh, I woken up from a nap, taken a shower, got ready. And then I had to throw my pouty ass back into bed uh, and just sit there because I had no PC. Uh, I couldn't, I literally couldn't plug. I could plug in the PC and the modem to reach, but then I couldn't plug any monitors in. So I had no PC. I didn't want to look at shit on my fucking phone like a like the spoiled little prince that I am. Uh, and then I uh, I went back to bed to wait for Best Buy to open. <laughs> to get a fucking surge protector. And so I... Uh, that's, that's how today started. And then there's been uh, some various frustrations from there. Uh, just blips and, and, and burps across the day. So... Frustrating day, right? And then I also didn't feel a thousand percent in the best health. Not that I felt bad, but just not a thousand percent in, in the best health. And I just powered through it all, baby. I did. I didn't flip anybody off. I didn't get, I didn't get, I mean, I don't flip people off. I flip people off in traffic in case you're thinking like I'm walking through like stores like, ah, like double birding people. I don't, I do very casual flip off, flip of the wrist in traffic because I don't want to get shot. It's a very, it's a very casual, uh, just, just, just like, oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, go fucking die. Oh, go fuck. I curse you and your family. I curse you and your family. I curse you and your family. It's very light. Uh, but I promised to stop doing it recently. And so I, I do my best not to. And I didn't today. And there was all kinds of traffic shenanigans. There was shenanigans everywhere. I <clears throat> I bring in the surge protector story with such specificity to go, yeah, and there's a lot more like that that I definitely don't want to be that specific with. The whole day was like that, though. And you know what I did? I came home, didn't have any fast food, went around all my fa favorite fast food places with all the, the worst shitty chores, like the once-a-year chores, like... Oh, you got to get your oil changed, like, type chores. Those chores all, like, sprung up on me at fucking once today. And I was like, no, not going to let it get me down because I love them fucking live shows.
So I avoided all the fast food because that doesn't make for a good live show because I wasn't already feeling good, right? And then I uh, I get singing practice done. I get a couple logistical things done. I try and get some more writing done. I'm so far ahead on writing and so far ahead on recording. So far behind on recording. Apologies. Uh, just the way it's shaking out right now. And <clears throat> I feel really great. I feel really great about it. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Uh, so it, it feels strong. And not not only did I get through all that stuff, but because I had that extra energy and I didn't want to get all fucked up and stoned before the show today, uh, I cleaned. Because I got to clean and pack anyway. So I cleaned and did pre-packing. Uh, for a little part, because I had the nervous energy, and I made green tea like an adult. I know. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of power being here, and I feel really good. I just I understand that that's just like a C minus day for so many of you. So many of you have that day every day, and you get through it, and you do it better. I know that, and I acknowledge that, and I'm really trying not to be. Uh, such a baby about the things that are holding me back. When I when I can really say that, because um, there are there are parts of my mental illness that are that are very. Everybody's gonna have a real great show tonight. Let's talk about mental illness at the top of the hour. Uh, there are parts of my mental illness that are are really very destructive and inhibitive. Uh, uh, and, and destructive, and I I, I want to talk about them. I want to bring them to light in case you suffer from them or someone you love suffers from them. But there's some of my shit that's just bad habits. I know you guys love me, but there's some of my stuff that's just residual asshole. Like let's just take the mental illness away from my parents. We can't, I don't know how you can do that because that's what they are to me. They're giant. You ever what's that one fucking Pokemon? That spews gas everywhere that also looks like that one bad guy from the Super Mario 2D games that's like a black shape that kind of looks like a, like electricity. Coughing, yeah, coughing, that motherfucker. Like, in my mind, my parents are like the black electricity uh, 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 or the, the spew of coughing the Pokemon, and that's all that they are. They're, they were literally just mental illness conduits to inject it into me to fuse me into the perfect underworld monster of two different kinds of mental illnesses. That's that's what I see. But if you try and take the mental illness away from my parents, they're still assholes, I think. Like, if they got really great treatment and medication and everything, I still think I was raised by just two fucking assholes. Like, just like two people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. But see how far you can push them anyway. Like, that was just constantly the message I think I got. And so some of the some of my parts, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I guess I will be until the day I, I, I die. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, but what other choice do I have? I'm still trying to disentangle the parts of me that are really, really got to be worked around. And the parts of me that were just, meh, meh. That just wasn't working the right way. And so here's a great, great, great example before uh, we move on into the still not talking about the show, show part of the show. <sighs> uh, I had to see a chiropractor when my back was really, really bad for years. I had to see them 
once every other week. I was supposed to see him twice a week. I couldn't afford it. I had to see him once every other week for years. So chiropractor, this is a real one. This is a good one. This is one that was recommended to me by a kinesiologist. What's the difference for anybody who's not in America or maybe even some Americans? Kinesiologists are the real ones, are the real bone doctors. Kinesiology is bone doctorology, and chiropractory is uh, chiropractory is not. You could be a chiropractor and still sell crystals and and say these crystals will make you <laughs> better and you won't lose your license. Um, but there's good chiropractors and bad ones. There are ones that are really actually trying to treat you and your bones, and there are other ones who just want a paycheck. And so I got a recommendation from a kinesiologist to this Cairo. And this Cairo is a good guy, and he legitimately got me out of pain. Legitimately did. He kept giving me exercises, and several times throughout the treatment, he'd like close the door, and he would give me malpractice advice that he made me swear to never repeat to anybody. He's like, "Well, I, all right, you can kind of fucking do it yourself if you if you lift your right leg when the solstice is three days past." Like, you know, it was all dangerous and shit. Like, it wasn't magic. It was hard. And he's all like, "But watch out, because you can paralyze yourself." Uh. And then he'd open the door again and he'd be all like, have a great day. I swear to Christ, this is true. Uh, <laughs> and so this is a guy who really, really, I think, cared about my treatment. This is a guy who really wanted me to get better and knew that I just couldn't afford it. And he couldn't charge me any less because uh, he was charging me pretty bargain basement prices. Uh, and so I saw this guy for years. He took x-rays multiple times we took we we upgraded once to hydrostatic does anybody know what a hydrostatic x-ray is that's when you like you take that x-ray to the next level and you put somebody in a fucking bottle of water you're like fucking float you asshole jesus christ gravity might be fucking it up i don't even know what to tell anymore we even did one of those so this is a guy who like really gave a fucking shit i think because uh, he did not charge me for that nearly as much as it would cost and i didn't have insurance so this is a guy who cared, uh, and I just saw a chiropractor the other week because I was having a little bit of issue for the first time. I'm like, I'm not going to go down the back pain road again, friends. Uh-uh. I was just having a little bit of a beginner's issue. So I went and saw a brand new chiro because that guy is not practicing anymore. And this dude just grabs my fucking Big old, I mean, he tells me he's going to do it first. He's all like, I'm going to grab your ass. I'm like, you're going to what? He's like, I'm going to grab your ass. And I'm like, what? He's like, it's going to happen. Like, my head is like poking through the little hole of the chair to look at him. You're going to do what now? And he did. He grabbed my left butt cheek real good with both hands. Uh, upper left hand. On the on the hip, but the whole. But I mean, he grabbed my ass. He told me it was happening, and it did. He grabbed the glute, two different sides, diagonally, pincer attack, and he just kind of lifted it up, and pushed it in. He's like, "Come on, oh, come on, come on!" I swear to Christ, that's I know, but I swear to Christ, this is true. He's pounding me with his fist in the bottom of my ass, going, "Come on, come on, come on!" Like he's CPR in my, think about CPR, but to my ass. And again, he's grabbing, he's pushing with his bottom right hand, and he's he's kind of like guiding, just one cheek though, not the whole ass. He's kind of guiding with his upper left. Ah, come on, come on. I'm like, ah, 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 it really hurts. Ah, ah, ah. 
I'm pushing my face into the plastic hole. Ah! And then all of a sudden, this big fucking like pop happens, and I just go, ah, ah, ah. Just good for you too. And uh, and as soon as he put the cigarette out, and I could speak again, I moved my I moved my left leg back and forth. <laughs> and uh, it felt really great. It felt like it never felt before. And I just went, "What the fuck was that?" Since we didn't discuss it beforehand, what kind of, what, what Kamehameha mayhem was that, sir? And he just very casually says, well, uh, I, I noticed that that, that joint was just out of place and the muscle was too, was too big and too thick and uh, I didn't really understand what he said after that because everything else was probably not a compliment. <laughs> muscle too big, too thick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so he shoved it right fucking back in. He grabbed, he grabbed daddy's cake and he shoved it back in, trying to make it look presentable. God damn it, Harold, you just take a bite out of that cake I hadn't, I hadn't uploaded to the Instagram yet. Said, said user Honeybee, Miss Honeybee. God damn it, you fucking clute. <laughs> Swear to fucking Christ, you don't get out of here. <laughs> So I asked this guy who just decided to see me in a back alley for cheap rates and grab my ass, calling himself a fake doctor, because daddy makes good choices, why he did that. <laughs> and he said that he saw that it needed to go in because uh, because uh, just because of the way the muscle fibers were hanging, and he could he could just tell, he could just tell. <laughs> and he was right; it's clearly worked. It's been fantastic since. But all I can think is, what if you what if you told wrong? <laughs> How would I know the difference? How, how can I tell the difference? Like, what if he just grabbed my ass? He's like, I'm going to grab your ass. I'm going to push it in. I'm like, okay. And then he does it for a while. He goes, there. How does that feel? I'd be like, better. <laughs> when I'm at the optometrist and they put me in that fucking, they put me in that fucking clockwork orange vice and like one, two, one, two. I don't want to offend them. I'm like, you know, I'm sure you're trying your hardest with both. The, I don't even know why we're calling them one, two. We should give them different names. Gold and unicorn. And I love them both. Well, let me just ask you something before you go any further with this, since this 3434 nonsense is picking up. Did you do this machine or did one of your staff? Because if one of your staff did the machine, I'm telling you, one through four are all equally good. 
I might be more receptive to giving you some feedback if this is your machine, because I don't know if you know how it is out there. I... <laughs> Listen, sir, I don't feel like you're listening to me. <laughs> I don't, I don't think five and six are five and six at all. You're just saying numbers. I asked him if that was true once, and he goes, yeah. But then he smiled in such a way that was like, I might have a good sense of humor for an optometrist. <laughs> and it's just so, subtle enough humor that you don't know if you're being snarked on or not. The optometrist with the best sense of humor in the world. Come on, how long did they stay an eye doctor? You're stuck there. Definitely a casting agent comes through eventually. <laughs> Where the fuck was I? I swear to Christ I didn't get too high before the show and I'm not caffeinated. I was just talking about my good day, right? My wonderful, amazing, fantastic day that I crushed. I don't think there was anything else, really. Uh, oh, the metaphor—the metaphor with the ass going in, right? So, uh, I just I, the reason why I brought that up—the the old chiropractor in this new in this new back street out of the back of a van ass pusher uh, chiropractor. Is because I really believe that the other guy had my best interest at heart, and I saw him over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of answers here. Uh, maybe I've healed up. Uh, maybe, maybe it's better. But I asked him, like, do you think that I've been walking around with this for you know a decade? Do you think that this has been a problem since I hurt my back? And he said, Yeah, undoubtedly. And I said, Do you think you would have caught it even if I was in way worse condition than I was now? And he, he really seemed to, like, really consider that one, which he hadn't given me the time of day with anything else I said. He was just really trying to get me in and out. There were more asses to grab and dollars to take, babies. But he really seemed to think that one over. And he was all like, yeah, I think so. Maybe not right away. But, like, if you kept coming back, like, yeah. my thing, Like, there's only so many things. Talking about the human body. There's only so many things. Doctors. I don't understand them. They're from another planet. They don't. They don't. I don't get them. I don't understand them. The Martians to me. What are you talking about? There's only so many things. When my snot is a slightly different color, I write a last will and testament. What do you mean there's only so many things? What does that even mean, asshole? Yeah, it could kill you and your life has been worse in every way because of it, but... Uh, I don't know. It's there it's not. The Zen ass grabber. <laughs> uh, I can't remember if I put this at the beginning when I pressed record or not. Talking about people watching the news all the time, so I'm gonna be super brief. People talking about news all the, watching the news all the time. If you do watch the news all the time, this is just a, a really hard time. It's a hard time and it's aggressive time. Uh, and it's just 100% uh, a little bit frustrating. I didn't mean to laugh. I just read Zen Arsegrabber, and it just really got me. The ass crack bandit is still at large. Uh, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a rough. It's a rough time out there uh, for people who are plugged in. And so I'm just trying my hardest to be grateful 
and open and all the rest. And it's going pretty good. Feeling really confident. Uh, for all, the, all of you out there who want updates, sorry to say, no forward progress on finding a place yet. Yes, I am checking. Yes, all the time. Yes, every day. Uh, been out to a number of places. Uh, been recording for sound. Uh, more places are available all the time in the price range. is looking real, real good for me. Uh, we just have to find a place, so keep your fingers crossed. And, of course, anybody who sends in a tip uh, now or at any time into the tip jar, it does go ahead and keep that progress bar moving. We do appreciate it and you very much indeed. So thank you for uh, all of that. Uh, <clears throat> I promised I wasn't going to be very political and I'm going to do my best, but now this is the part of the portion where I go, have you watched the fucking news, though? Because it's so, I'm just, I'm real briefly, I'm not going to talk about politics, I swear, I'm, this is not about American politics much, and I'm not going to involve America directly, but I have to talk about this, because if we all blow up tomorrow... I just need you to know why. Because we might all blow up pretty soon here. And I just need you to all know why, I think. Because nobody's talking about it. It's really weird. I don't mean to alarm you, but everything you know might be destroyed. Right? Like, not to be hyperbolic, not to worry anybody, but all you love could be ash at any time. Okay? Great. So let's just move forward. Okay. So... A couple of weeks ago, you might have heard something about Saudi Arabia. And here's the thing. I'm phrasing it that way. Because depending on what news story you read, you read entirely different things about what happened in Saudi Arabia. But you read something about Saudi Arabia and an explosion and oil. Maybe a couple of weeks ago? So... Here's the really, really, we're just, we're just going to be real light about this. This is the craziest story, and I just, you have to fucking talk about this shit. So, Saudi Arabia, oil comes from two different places. This is a weird thing, but oil comes from two different places, essentially. One is digging it out of the ground, whether it be oil or, or oil shale or whatever, and then whatever. And then... We also refine it. You can't just dig it out of the ground and put it in your car. You got to refine it into gasoline, into diesel, uh, into pet petroleum, all of it. You got to refine it. But the thing about refining it is, refining it's very difficult and very dangerous and very expensive. And so there's not a lot of places that it gets refined. They're called refineries, thank Christ. Uh, but there's not a lot of places in the world where it happens. There's only a couple, right? And Saudi Arabia's got two. Well, when this bomb went off a couple weeks ago, it didn't destroy the refinery. It destroyed two little portions of it, like two little silos. Think, just take it away from oil, because I know that's confusing and dumb and you hate it. Think about grain, or think about corn, and cornflakes. Corn goes in one side of the cornflake factory, and cornflakes comes out the other. And there's all these silos filled with corn, dropping them onto a conveyor belt, putting them into the factory, and they magically come out cornflakes the other side. Okay? Cornflakes, the cereal, for those of you who don't know as Americans, right? This is what's happening with an oil refinery. Essentially, 
what somebody did was from another country, they fired a missile, and they took out one of the corn silos. Very tactically. Very strategic. We have to, let's make it accurate to the two of the corn silos. There's a bunch of corn silos around the corn uh, factory, and they just took out two of the silos. They clearly could have taken out the whole fucking factory, but they chose to hit the two silos. So that's already a really big news story that nobody talks about, because like, Okay, what the fuck? What's happening and why? Huh? I'm sorry, what? Because even if you hate oil, and even if you want solar panels, we make solar panels with oil. <laughs> so somebody taking out a large portion of the, of the oil in the world is kind of crazy. So just you got to keep that in mind in the back of your head, okay? So just this morning, I don't think you read about this. Did anybody who's present today, did anybody read about Iran today? See a story about Iran. Anyone. You did, Palavera. You're so good. Yanera did, too. Wow, you're both so good. <clears throat> so here's the story with Iran. And this was Daddy's bedtime story to begin today as he's trying not to focus too much on politics. So there's one particular strait. We're not going to talk about it. But there's this narrow little strait. And a lot of the world's oil goes through it. A lot of the world's refined oil goes through it. And somebody got some missile launchers on this fucking, on one of the cliffs in this strait. And very intentionally, very carefully, poked two holes in the side of one of these oil tankers. The equivalent of two of these refinery holes. In a way that shows that they could so easily, so clearly, have destroyed the entire fucking ship if they so desired. <laughs> oh, and these two holes were poked 20 minutes apart. <laughs> and at one point, they're pretty sure that there was this after effect of fire, which was whoever was hitting them with missiles, precisely, was showing them Oh, these missiles could have been on fire, by the way. The missile that penetrated your oil tanker, that could have been on fire, by and by. Just think that over, won't you? So, that's the news story that I started today with. And nobody's talking about it, especially in those terms. And when I look at it, I just think, well, there's a chance that's a coincidence. But there's also a chance that everyone's going to fucking die. Anyone ready for a good show tonight? God, I hope that was at least a little bit entertaining. Uh, just I had to talk about it because I think it's such a crazy. I think it's such a crazy thing. I really do. I and the fact that like it doesn't get out of my head. It just sits there because I was like I was. Ha I gotta tell you, I don't know how you feel about this listening at home. I was really hoping the live crowd was like going to be like giggling and blushing. And being like, you're so silly, Jack. Jack, you're so silly. Jack. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just oil vampires. It's oil vampire fang marks. Settle down. You're being so silly. It's just oil vampires. No, everybody seems to be with me that that's a freaky fucking coincidence, quote-unquote. Nah. 
<laughs> Oil Vampires coming to you. That's the that's the third season spinoff of Talk. God damn it, Takeyawakiki. God damn it, his name is a curse upon dyslexics. Taki Taki. That guy from New Zealand. Don't you dare. Don't spell it. People are spelling in chat. I have to look away now. You can hear it in my voice. No. People fill the chat with other things. I cannot look at this name. Oh, this is forbidden. <laughs> there are some names that I will always love, like Boutros Boutros Golly. There are some names I will always love them, like Boutros Boutros Golly. Because there's no way I'm ever confusing that with any other word or name. Boutros Boutros Golly is stored permanently in my head. The words, the name, the picture, all routes of Boutros Boutros Golly get you to the same fucking connector. That does not work if your name has a lot of fucking vowels in it, and especially if it sounds like another fucking name. Every other Game of Thrones character in my head now shows up when I try and search UN General Secretaries. No! No, not that Davos! Not that Davos, goddammit! No, I'm talking about the money one. It's a joke for... I don't even, I don't even, who is that a joke for? Who is into Davos, the conference, and Game of Thrones? Whoever that was for, fucking pay me. All right, we're going to do a couple. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we got a couple of laughs. All right. I didn't know if we were going to get any laughs out of the Davos, Davos. Davos, Davos, a joke I have not heard done, even though I've heard every Game of Thrones joke ever made a million times. I was really, I was like, did I come up with a Game of Thrones joke? After it's over and everyone hates it. Cha-ching! <laughs> After the summer's yield, Lord, it is time to let your shadow lengthen on the sundials. And in the pastures, let the rough winds fly. As for the final fruits... Coax them to the roundness, direct on them two days of warmer light, to hail them golden towards their term, and harry the last few drops of sweetness through the wine. Whoever is homeless now will build no shelter, and who lives alone will live indefinitely so, waking up to read a little, draft long letters along the city's avenues, fitfully wonder when the wild leaves loosen. Day in Autumn by Rainer Marie Wilke Rilke, R-I-L-K-E And thank you so much. Nadira, I appreciate it, and you very much. Danielle, thank you so much. Again, both of you appreciated more than I can say. 
This thistledown's flying through the winds are still here, on the green grass now lying, now mounting on the hill. The spring from the fountain now boils like a pot, through stones past the counting. It bubbles red hot. The ground parched and cracked, it is like other, other, <clears throat> the ground parched and cracked, it is like over-baked bread. The greensward all racked is bent, dried up and dead. The fallow fields glitter like water indeed, and gossamers twitter flung from weed unto weed. Hilltops like hot iron glitter bright into the sun, and the rivers were eyeing burn to gold as they run. Burning hot is the ground, liquid gold is the air, whoever looks round to see eternity there. Autumn by John Clare <clears throat> You came to the side of the bed and sat staring at me. Then you kissed me. I felt hot wax on my forehead. I wanted it to leave a mark. That's how I knew I loved you. Because I wanted to be burned, stamped, to have something in that end. I drew the gown over my head. A red flush covered my face and shoulders. It will run its course, the course of fire, setting a cold coin on the forehead, between the eyes. You lay beside me, your hands moved over my face as though you had felt it also. You must have known then how I wanted you. We will always know that, you and I. Nature's green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. The leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Nothing gold can stay. Robert Frost Such pretty things you said to me, unbutton me some more, for I am yours to take tonight upon this forest floor. Let's make a bed in autumn leaves, and leave no leaf left unturned. Beneath these trees, please, please teach me, please, to learn the love unlearned. Teach me by Michael Fadu F A U D E T And that is gonna go ahead and be my goodness uh poetry. Thank you to everybody who sent it in. Kelly says, Great start to the show. Let's get you moved. Thank you so much, Kelly. Maria says nothing. Thank you, Santa Maria. Julie says, Move that progress bar for daddy. Thank you, Julie, so much, my sound lover. I appreciate you very, very much indeed. Up next, quickly, everybody's fan favorite. It's gonna go ahead and be Love Letters. 
<clears throat> oh, you know that this one's going to be a good one. That this is going to be a good and fun start. <laughs> because it begins with the classic. This is what I always imagine. We can take a quick sip. This is what I always imagine we're going to get. And we never do. The classic. Shit. The classic. Not the shit. The classic opener to every love letter. Let's go. <clears throat> My dearest Eliza. I fear you will think the answer I wrote yesterday to your most kind and delicious letter was very superficial. But I wrote it all at once while people were talking and bothering me. I have now read yours over and over more times than I should admit. I woke in the middle of the night and immediately lit a candle to read it a few more times. It has given me more pleasure than I could ever receive from a letter, and infinitely more than I thought possible that I could receive from one. I fancy it it is not now an effort to you to write to me. At least it reads as if it was written without effort. Yet it tells me things which, with you deep and reserved nature, it must have cost you much to put it on paper. I wish indeed I could feel worthy of your affections. My reason, if not my imagination, is getting to believe you when you whisper to me that I have it. My delight is at times intense. You must not suppose, because I tell you of the wild, burning pain which I have felt, and at times, though I am out to be much soothed, still feel that my love for you has been mere suffering. Even at the worst, there was a wild, delicious excitement which I could never have lost for the world. At first, and before the feeling was very great, it was a simple pleasure to me to come to Claverton, and the charm of our early intellectual talks, and particularly since the day at the conservatory, the feeling has been too eager not to have a good deal of pain in it, and the tension of mind has really been very great at times. Still, the time that I have known and loved you is immensely the happiest I have ever known. My spirits always make me cheerful in a superficial way, but they do not satisfy, and somehow life, even before I was engaged to you, was gentler and sweeter, and literature had a new value since you liked my writing, and everything else had a glow upon it. Though I have come to Claverton the last few times with the notion that the gloss would go, that I should bust out and you would be tranquil and kind and considerate and refuse, and I should never see you again. I had a vision of the thing which I keep by me. As it has not happened, I am afraid this is egotistical. Indeed, I know it is, but I am not sure egotism is bad in letters. I must write what I feel for you. It is odd how completely our feelings change. No one can tell that effort. It was for me to tell you 
I loved you. Why? I do not know. But it made me gasp for breath, and now it is absolute pleasure for me to tell you and bore you with it in every form. I should like to write it in big letters. I love you, all across the page by way of emphasis. I know you will think me very childish and be shaken in your early notion that I am an intellectual, but I cannot help it. This is my state of mind. Walter Bajho to Elizabeth Wilson B-A-G-E-H-O-T. I'm not familiar with either name by name alone. But a lovely, lovely letter, huh? Everyone enjoy that? Good. <clears throat> okay. I didn't fall in love. I fell through it. I came out the other side moments later, hands full of matter, waking up from the dream of a bullet tearing through the middle of my body. I no longer understand anything for longer than a moment, or the time that it takes to receive the shot. This kind of gravity is like falling through a cloud, forgetting it all, and then being told about it later on the day you fell through a cloud. It must be true. If it were not... Then when did these strands of silver netting attach to my hair? The problem was finding that you were real and not just a dream of clouds. If you weren't real, I would address this letter to one of two entities, myself or everyone else. The effect would be equivalent. The act of falling happens in time, that is, it takes a long enough for the falling to shear away from the moments before and the moments after, long enough for one to have thought, I am falling, I have been falling, I continue to fall. Falling through a ring, in this case, would not mean falling through the center of the annulus. A planet floats there. Floating through the ring means falling through the spaces between the objects and together make a ring. On the way through, clasp your fists around the universe. Nothing but ice gravel. But open your hands and you reach to the other side quickly before it melts. What did I leave you. Love Letter Clouds by Sarah Manguso M-A-N-G-U-S-O Intense. Jody says, so excited to make it to a live show again. Let's fill up that bar. Right back at you, darling. Thank you so much. Lisa says, Moving onward and upward. Thank you, butterfly. Someone said, please ignore the name. You are kicking arse, and it's awesome. Here's to a great show. Let's get you out there. Thank you, nameless girl. I do appreciate it and all you other nameless girls. That was our love letter for the evening, our love lettering for the evening, and weren't they lovely love letters? We've got two pieces of smut tonight. We're just powering right through. Guys, this is every request I got. 
So uh, this is every request I'm going to read. Uh, we've got two pieces of smut tonight, and they're both on the shorter side. So for anybody who wants to sync up with that, that is your one warning. We're going to read the shorter of the two first. And here we go. Just keep in mind, I appreciate each and every last one of you who come out. You're listening to my stories. You're listening to my ramblings, your requests, and all the rest. If you give me two hours of stuff to read these days, I pretty much always do it. Just saying. So tell a friend and uh, be kind. We're going to have one final show this month. One final tip show, I should say. Uh, This month, we're going to make it a special Saturday night spooky show. Trying to get as close as possible uh, to Halloween on the 26th. We're going to do that at 10 Eastern. Instead of a scary game stream, we're going to have a scary Saturday spooky show. Uh, Again, that's Saturday the 26th at 10 Eastern. We're going to do try for all spooky and scary requests. We're going to try for spooky and scary love letters. I'm going to put out the request at least, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what we get back from that. Everything spooky, scary, uh, all the way through. Guys, thank you again for this. And here we go. It is the first of our two pieces of smut tonight. He had moved into a penthouse in the building down the street. The tall building with the tremendous view of Central Park. I first noticed him while I was out getting groceries. I was crossing the street on my way home. The second I laid eyes on him, I knew two things about him. That I wanted him, and never could I have him. He towered over me like a monolith, his piercing blue eyes barely registering my presence. Even though we were complete strangers in the middle of a busy street, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk to him. I felt compelled, sensing a creature whose chemistry was a perfect match for my own. Meekly, I said, Hi, I'm Annabelle, and offered my hand. He merely glanced at me and nodded before marching off in the direction I had chose. I stared transfixed as he passed. I sensed his indifference right away, but he was in a hurry, and he wasn't deliberately trying to be rude. He just didn't care to see me, and thought I might be crazy. He was tall and rugged, with a barely kept beard and short dark hair that he combed to the side. His arms and legs were thickly muscled and bulged within his suit. He had a dark tan, the result of much time spent outdoors. I let my imagination fill in the rest, adding a scar here and there where I most wished to see them. By the time he rounded the corner and disappeared, he was a naked version of perfection, striding through my mind. A few days later, I glimpsed him on the street with a woman. She was short, full-breasted, skinny, and blonde, radiating confidence and intelligence like an aura. They were wasps, wealthy, vibrant, and confident wasps. I, on the other hand, am a polar opposite. For various reasons, my financial situation leaves a lot to be desired. Physically, I possess a girlish figure, tall for a woman, and partially Asian descent, lanky, 
My hair is dark. I can barely fill out my B-cup bras, let alone pull off the impressive show of cleavage that that woman had. Nonetheless, I burned for him. Dark feelings of desire stirring every time I saw him, and jealousy whenever she appeared. I encountered them weekly, sometimes daily, and over the months my desire grew. With it, my jealousy had sprouted into a dark, green, malevolent rose, just waiting to prick that blonde bitch. I masturbated nightly to thoughts of him. I imagined his rough hands on my body, bending me over, teaching me how to serve him, how to meet his needs and desires. I became obsessed with thoughts of him, desperate to feel him inside me. It was Saturday night, and I lay naked in bed, bored in the TV squawking across the room. My mind had wondered desire and need grabbed hold of me. The show barely registered in a corner of my mind. My hand moved to my groin, sliding across my sex, cupping it, pressing, willing forth warm wetness from within. I allowed my consciousness to slip its tether, and I watched myself from above, idly stroking my moistening slit. It was not the first time I'd left myself so that I could watch— there was a couple upstairs I had been watching for a long time. The lovemaking was sweet, and I could lose myself in observing them, casting aside my loneliness in favor of their warmth. However, I did not truly desire either of them. I was preparing myself to journey to their apartment when a dark whim caught hold in my mind. I drifted through the darkness of the night out of my window. Questing. I had encountered him often enough to get a feel for his soul. It was like a familiar scent, and my desire conveyed upon me all the powers of a bloodhound. I shifted, suddenly finding myself hovering over him in his lush bed. His bedroom was magnificent, easily three times the size of my apartment. The walls were poured concrete, exposed pylons convoluting every surface, every twenty feet. The floor had been done in marble, slick black with veins of glittering white. A sitting area had been laid out in the corner opposite the bed, two large couches on a bearskin rug surrounding a coffee table, its base cut from a bonsai tree with a polished white marble top. On the wall, an eight-foot screen flickered, playing an enormous wall of flames. The screen cast the room in bonfire light, drastically enhancing the primal feel of the evening. The bed must have been custom-built nearly twice the size of a standard king. Live, gnarled yew tree, live, gnarled yew trees rose to support every corner each resting in a large oriental vase. The sheets appeared as though made of fine silk, dyed a dark green to match the yew trees. <clears throat> Tangled within them lay my paramour and his blonde bitch. He lay on his side, playfully tugging the blouse off her full chest. Her breasts filled her bra to a bursting 
and she leaned against him, clumsily fumbling with his shirt. She finally succeeded in unbuttoning him, and he tossed the shirt to the corner of the room, muscles rippling as he moved. She pounced on top of him and leaned down to give him a long, deep kiss, her breast dangling down, nipples hard through her bra. She came back up and slowly pulled it over her head, breasts falling in a slow, dramatic bounce. Her dark nipples stood out, hard and proud over her large areolas, begging for attention. He reached up, taking them in his palms, tracing the edge of her areola with his fingers, and then running them across her nipples, pinching them lightly. It was more than I could stand to watch. I wanted him too badly, and I could feel his desire radiating from him, hotter than hellfire. She wanted him as well, but not nearly as hot as she should have. I'm not sure what made me think I could do it, but I decided instantly that I would have him. I, if she could have him, I would as well. I descended down onto her, aligning my soul with her body and grabbing tightly to the tether that held into her mortal coil. Almost immediately, the sensation was feeling struck on me. At first, I was like bathing in molten glass as my senses melded with hers, the sensation receding to a vibrant conduit of sensual energy. I became like a tightly woven screen around her, sensing all that she could feel simultaneously with her. As she permeated my soul, I could feel those sensations echo within my own distant body. She slid down onto him then, unaware of my presence, bending to undo his belt, sliding his pants down his muscular thighs, his cock strained against the fabric of his boxer briefs, hard and turgid, begging to be released. She bent down and kissed his member through his cloth, gently at first and then harder, leaving the moisture of her tongue on the fabric. I could taste him, smell him, feel her pussy swell with heat, and she teased him. She pulled him back, she pulled back his boxer briefs, slowly releasing him. His cock sprang out, heat pulsing from it, precum soaking his head. She moved forward, licking him, circling his helmet lightly, his salty essence saturating our mouth. We locked our lips down around his cock slowly, looking up at his intense eyes as our lips descended. We sucked gently, bobbing up and down. I felt his hand on the back of my head, driving deeper into mouth, forcing us to gag. She didn't seem to like that, but I was thrilled. I want him all the way in me, no matter how. She lifted her head off of him and pulled her toward him, crushing our breasts against him, kissing hard and grabbing our thighs so tightly it hurt. She flinched. I swooned. He quickly undid our skirt, jerking it off us along with her silky black panties, pressing his cock against my sex as soon as the panties were gone. He was filled with need and had a hard time controlling his prodigious 
prodigious strength. He held us there, kissing us deeply, crushing us against his chest. We could scarcely breathe. His burning cock pressed against our swollen lips. He flipped us over, releasing us, and I exhilarated in the sudden onrush of oxygen and the feeling of my nipples hardening in the air. He kissed and sucked each other briefly and then crouched down between our legs. He licked slowly up my left leg, kissing down now again. When he reached our sex and he licked me, bearing his tongue in my asshole, flexing it stiff and then moving it up, probing between our lips. When he nudged against my clit, I felt her gasp and the feeling pinged through me, then her, and finally traversed into my own distant body, quivering and echoing there. He sensed her pleasure and began to gently lick around the edge of our inner lips, probing inside us whenever he returned to the bottom of our slit. He reached his hands up, sliding two fingers within my tight folds, curling them up, massaging our G-spot. I could feel the seeds of her orgasm sprouting within her. She concentrated, willing our release. He licked up, pulling our clit into his mouth and sucking gently and then licking. He moved a finger down, probing and ribbing along the edge of our asshole. She felt guilty of the pleasure. I wanted to squirm down lower as he slid a finger in. A series of hard and fast flicks with his tongue began to send her over the edge. And when he sucked again, she came hard, drawing into orgasm with her, panting and clawing at the back of his neck with her long nails. He moved up, kissing up roughly, crushing down onto us. I could feel the head of his cock slide past the entrance to our pussy. He hovered inches above my face as he slowly entered us, staring into her soul. We gasped at the sensation overwhelmed us. He tried to be gentle at first, thrusting shallow and slowly until he lost himself in the moment and began to thrust hard, burying himself to the hilt. It felt so full of him, reveling in the sensation as she gasped and his thrust came harder, unsure whether her pussy could take him. I looked up at him and an expression of focused pleasure writ large on his face. He pulled out, flipped us over, and pulled us back onto our knees, presenting us hot and inflamed before him. He thrust hard and deep into us, his balls bouncing against my clit at the end of each thrust. She gasped, riding the waves of pleasure as he thrust. I moaned, willing her desperately to push back into him. He grabbed our hips for leverage, pulling us against him, our ass slapping against him as he thrust harder. I felt his hand creep up, pressure a dollop of cool lube on my asshole. She looked up at him over her shoulder. I wanted her to scream, Yes! Fuck my ass, baby! He pressed his thumb in, penetrating wider our sphincter in preparation for his cock. She reached up and pulled him out. Not tonight, baby. Fuck my pussy till you come. I wanted to scream in rage, desperate to fill him inside my ass. I longed to feel every nuance of his cock as it twitched and thrust inside my tight hole. The frustration was overwhelming, and I wanted suddenly to experience what he felt rather than tolerate 
her refusal. I released her, cold enveloping, my, cold enveloping my soul as I left her. I drifted up to him, grabbing hold, encasing him in me. I slid my mind around his, and the sensation came in a blinding flash. I could feel her wetness in our tight skin, hear the sound of her ass slapping against us as we penetrated her pussy. I felt our cock hard, throbbing, felt the friction of her tight, hot wetness along every glorious inch of it. I gasped, alien sensations overcoming me. He pulled out. I nearly cried out with dismay. He flipped her over forcefully, pinning her under him as we entered her missionary. She was so so tight, and she smiled up at us, pushing against our cock, driving it deeper. Slowly our thrusts became more frantic. He reached up, lightly squeezing her neck, making her gasp. He couldn't hold out much longer. We reached down, grabbing her hip, as we thrust with our other hand, putting more weight on her throat. We could drove all the way into a deep with hard thrusts. She moaned, the sound garbled as she gasped for breath. She came again tentatively at first, then hard, the spasms of her orgasming milking in gorged length. I could feel the cum trickle warmly in his balls, preparing for release. He moaned, frantically pulling her back into us as we came. His cum sprayed out of us, filling her pussy with great gouts, spasming with pleasure and rippling all around us. I shrieked in pleasure in my distant apartment, coming as he did. We collapsed onto the bed next to her, and I released him, looking down as they caught their breath, my soul suddenly cool and detached. I watched a moment longer as they kissed, and he cuddled her into him. He gazed up at me momentarily and smiled, almost as though he could see me. Startled, a frozen shawl. Did he know? When he looked away, I allowed myself to be pulled back into my own body. Sensation hit me from every angle as I slid back into my own skin. Phantom feelings from his cock replaced with the throbbing of my own swollen clit. I regained my sight, smell, hearing. I giggled maniacally, the thick musk of my sex filling my nostrils. As I looked down to see the wet puddle of my own ejaculate soaking the sheets between my legs, I couldn't stop giggling from the joy of the experience. I was delirious. I felt almost outside myself, rattling around in my body like a cage. Not long afterward, exhaustion claimed me as my senses gradually returned to normal. A warm glow enveloped me. I was satiated. A thought blazed brightly in my mind as I slid down underneath the covers. I had both of them. I could have anyone. Voyeur by Ten Ways to Touch. And boy, wasn't that a hot, hot way for you to touch yourself. Girls, one last time, if you do have any spare coin, feel free to go ahead and put it on in. This will be the last time, if you do, to get a thanks out on the tip show. 
Don't worry. All tips count towards the progress bar each and any time you put it in there in the month of October. Just know I appreciate you for anybody who does want me to say their name and message. Goodness, I definitely need a sip of green tea after that. Intense 10 ways to touch. What are the other nine? Very impressive writing, I thought. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Okay, it's our last piece for the evening. Thank you again for coming out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the rest. I appreciate it and you very, very much. Here we go with our final piece. The room was cloaked in darkness, and I felt invisible. Silky streams of moonlight flowed through the small crack between the curtains, just barely enough to highlight silhouettes of a bed and the lumps of people sleeping soundly in it, across from us. Nobody was making a sound, making the shadows seem even more intense. Everyone was dead asleep from the long day we'd had, everyone except me. In the dark silence of a room, I felt invisible, enjoying this quiet moment of bathing in the warmth from your arms, wrapped around me. Sharing a room with our friends on our last summer getaway wasn't exactly ideal. We'd only been dating for about three months, having met through mutual friends of ours at the start of the summer. So the relationship was still fairly new then, and the sex was still hot and urgent. We could barely keep our hands off each other when we were together, which made sharing a bed that weekend all the more difficult. I had a little privacy in a hotel room after dark would be nice, but we had all chipped in what money we could spare for a road trip at the end of August, which wasn't much. So all we could afford was one double bedroom between the four of us. Before we got together, we had both gone quiet a long, or both gone quite a long time without a steady partner, and you made learning how to be with someone new less stressful than I remember, and much more fun than I anticipated. In bed, it was like discovering the things that I had liked for the first time all over again, and in the process, I was picking up the things that you liked as well. While I was trying to think rationally and keep myself rooted in reality, you were more spontaneous and imaginative. We balanced each other out beautifully, both in and out of the bedroom. You opened me up to so much possibility that, before you, I'd never explored. You made me feel safe, and we were so respectful of my boundaries. I was eager to reevaluate those boundaries with you. You started slow, eventually introducing me to some of your kinky favorites. Handcuffs, light rope play, a little blindfolding. It was this commanding confidence in the bedroom that made me weak in the knees. Where you were hard, I was soft, and where I was inexperienced, you were there to guide me. I will always appreciate your patience with me. It was a perfect match. 
One of your greatest skills, though, was the art of your tease. We might not have been able to touch as much as either of us would have liked that weekend, but those days were filled with subtle glances, your eyes darting to my lips, and I'd apply lipstick before we went out for the night. You would ghost your fingers over the curve of my ass when our friends weren't looking, giving me a silent reminder of what you would do to me the second. We were finally alone. Your boldness spurred me on, and I started teasing you in return, letting my hand rest easily on your thigh at dinner, pretending I didn't notice as it made its way slowly up towards your crotch. We were both careful not to let anyone know about our game, but the deliberate tension between us built until it was almost unbearable. I suppose it was only a matter of time before the tension broke. I was finally starting to fall asleep when I felt your hand rubbing circles into my hip. I probably should have let myself drift off right there as your fingertips traced shapes into my hip bone, but I was drunk on drowsiness and found bravery in my fuzzy inhibitions. The last three nights of teasing and denial had filled me with unresolved sexual tension, and even the tiniest touch had me desperate for release. I gently shifted my ass, getting closer to you. I was tired of waiting. My hips moved in small circles, and the heat between my legs steadily intensified. I have expected you to playfully shove at the back or flip over, thinking the presence of our sleeping friends next to us would turn you off. But when I felt your erection through the underwear, my own heart heartbeat grew faster in response, and I stopped caring about anything beyond our sheets. Shifting again, I leaned back and let my lips meet yours, a silent exchange of consent and agreement to continue this risky game. Your fingers danced over the soft skin of my stomach and thighs, making their way to my sides of my panties and dipping under. Even then you were taking your sweet time, and my anticipation did nothing to speed you up. You savored every inch of me, bringing me right to the edge and making me beg you for more. But I couldn't beg. I couldn't say anything. So my hips continued to tease you, sending you the message loud and clear that I was getting impatient. By the time your fingers reached my lips, I was dripping wet. When a single finger grazed over my throbbing clit, I gasped softly at the heat, and my pleasure pooled between my legs. I clasped a hand over my mouth, keeping my breathing even and quiet. Wasn't as easy as you let your fingertips drag over my clit, rubbing and teasing me endlessly. Your erection throbbed with excitement into my ass, and I let my pussy inch along your cock so that you could feel the slickness through your boxers, as if to reward me. Your rhythm on my clit intensified, and you applied pressure to the sweetest spots. Shamelessly, I rubbed myself back and forth on your hand, doing my best to keep to bed from creaking as I shifted on the mattress. 
I always secretly wanted to try some type of exhibitionism, but even despite your boldness with these things, I was afraid to request that it would scare you away somehow. I couldn't quite explain the appeal of the specific kink, but the idea of being caught in the act always brought a surge of adrenaline to my body whenever I even thought about it. That combined with the whirlwind passion associated with the drove me crazy in a way I never expected it to. Although it had always been attractive to me, I hadn't wanted to risk bringing it up and ruining a somewhat new relationship. This felt like a safer approach. The people in the room were completely oblivious to the sneaky acts going on just a couple of feet away. But even though nobody had made a sound or shifted in discomfort, the risk of the building, along with our teasing, was still very intense. The fact that we were already gotten so far without disturbing anyone, mixed with the knowledge that we could get caught, lit a fire inside of me. You shifted your hand lower to trace my entrance with two fingers, pressing a kiss to the back of my neck where you felt how insanely wet you'd made me. You pushed your fingers inside me, my body gladly expanding and then tightening around them. My mouth fell open to an even stronger wave of desire as it washed over me and ignited every nerve in my body. When your fingertips curled up to my G-spot, I had to bite down on my lip to keep from crying out. The motion continued, pumping into my walls as they squeezed around your hand. Carefully, I reached around until the covers to grab your wrist and push your fingers deeper. It was enough to make my legs shake, even as they were still pressed together. For a moment, I worried the others would be able to hear, and the pounding of my heart echoed through the silent room as the adrenaline thumped inside me. My hand drifted from your wrist to the waistband of your underwear, another hushed request. You planted another kiss on my neck and, still completely silent, slid out of them. Moving your knees carefully up so that you could slide your boxes down was a feat, and I shifted my body forward to give you more room to undress. My ears were peaked to every noise in the room, the sound of our friends softly breathing as they slept, every shifting noise between the sheets, even the soft hum of the air-conditioning unit. Everything was heightened. The room was too dark for me to really see anything too far in and too far in front of me, and all I had to go off of was the now deafening sound throughout the room. Making sure nobody was awake, you resumed your spooning position behind me once you were free of your underwear, the firm weight of your cock pressed against my ass, and it was entrancing as I reached behind once again to move the panties to the side, exposing myself to you. Slowly, agonizingly slowly, you slid yourself into me. I lifted my hips slightly to guide you, the intimacy of your body against mine, feeling your cock stretching to fill my pussy inch by inch, was almost too much for me to handle in silence. You breathed softly into my ear, breath hitching as you filled me completely. My mouth dropped open, but your hand was there instantly to cover it, reminding me of the risk that we agreed to take. That combination with the feeling of you sliding inside me drove my desire to new heights. 
My insides burned for more, for you to flip me on my stomach and fuck me until I forgot my own name. But that wasn't possible. Not tonight. Not with our friends in the room. My pleasure spiked again, and I arched my back to take all of you in. We moved in sync as silently as we could manage, my hips bouncing as you thrust yourself into me. Each thrust brought a new sensation of heat and desire. My wetness coated every inch of your cock as you picked up your pace, fucking into me as hard as you could within reason. I felt my orgasm start to build as you pushed back and forth with each thrust, my pussy throbbing around you with a need more powerful than I'd ever felt before. It didn't last long, but that didn't mean it didn't tear through me like scissors through paper. My body clenched tight around you, and the crash of the orgasm sent my head spinning. My body was whipped into a world of emotion and sensation so strong I couldn't understand the reality of it. I felt your cock throb inside me as you reached your own climax, both of us muffling ourselves at the peak of our desire. You didn't stop until you milked both of our orgasms to completion and we were left to shiver in the aftermath, wrapped up in each other like a knot of string. You pulled yourself out of me gently, leaving me to lay in a puddle of my own jumbled thoughts as you somehow relocated your underwear. Quietly, inconspicuously, you peeled yourself from the covers and headed off to the bathroom, and shattered pieces of my mind slowly picked themselves up and reassembled. Before I knew it, you had returned with a small towel in hand. You handed it to me as you climbed back in bed, finding your position behind me once more, and let my hand guide yours as we discreetly cleaned up the mess we made between my legs. And just like that, your arms were wrapped around me once again. The adrenaline had worn off as my body came down from its intense release, and it seemed like you were feeling the same exhausted satisfaction that I was. Despite my drowsiness, my mind buzzed with disbelief that we had just gotten away with something so risky, yet so rewarding. I drifted off to sleep with a smile on my lips, feeling sated and warm, and just a little dizzy. Get Away With It by Madeline Summer, S-O-M-M-E-R. Boy, that was some sexy fucking smut tonight, wasn't it, girly girls? I sure think so. Micaiah, thank you so much, darling. I appreciate it and you. I'm so glad you had a good show. Aaron, thank you so much. Saying that I sound better than ever, I appreciate both of you. I appreciate all you ladies so much. Everybody who came out. Every but I I think this is I don't I don't mean to to talk down about any other shows, but you know, it's random and I like that cuz it keeps it interesting for me, right? Like uh that's why it's random to be perfectly honest, it's not just cuz I'm lazy. It's a little bit cuz I'm lazy, but it's not just cuz I'm lazy. It's cuz it keeps it interesting for me. If I don't know what I'm going to be reading that night, I get to put myself into it, right? You get to hear my you get to hear my reaction to it. You get to hear the earnestness, right? I really enjoy that. And I I've I've talked before about it. It's something that I can do and other people with nice voices can't. And I do like that 
distinguishing factor uh, that you that you know that you're getting whatever my interpretation that is. So uh, please, I hope nobody takes any offense. I love it when you guys come out. I, I, I'm so happy to put up with bullshit on a Friday to get to something like this. I, I put off eating and stuff. I'm about to go eat a giant burrito that I made two days ago. I'm so excited. Uh, I love my Fridays and everything that goes into them. I truly, truly, truly do. And uh, so please, nobody, nobody, nobody go, nobody take a step back from this. This was the best requested Friday show. Every request tonight was fucking fire. All of it. The poetry, the love letters, the porn. All of it was so good. Like this was like if you got monitored for for teaching or something, this would be the class that I would want to be monitored for being a teacher. Because like not only did I read it well, but it was all really good. You guys were all in a great bay. Like tonight was just a fantastic fucking night. I'm, you've turned my mood around entirely. I hope you can hear the smile. I appreciate you all. I didn't say somebody's name when they tipped me and they said, don't say the name. I even aced that. You're welcome, silent lady. Like, I, you know, come on. Pretty good night. So I'm going to go grow up some fresh quesadillas. I'm going to heat up my old burrito. I'm going to have me a nice little, nice little evening of, uh, of, uh, of food and yum. And uh, I'll I will talk to you guys very soon. Scary game stream tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all so so very much. Had a great time tonight. Next time for sure. Somebody pinch me. Somebody poke me. Or somebody pinch or poke Allie. Uh, let's let's make sure for sure because this is two weeks in a row. It's on me. It's my fault. Two weeks in a row. So somebody for sure. Next time on Saturday for the Halloween show for the extra special spooky. We absolutely have to do quick quotes. We absolutely have to do quick quotes for the Spooky Saturday show. So somebody pinch me. Again, thank you to everybody who came out, everybody who's new, everybody who tipped, everybody who wishes that they could, uh, everybody who who uh, who makes this happen really, truly. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go eat because I'm all out of requests. We typically have music, but fuck Viacom or some shit. I don't know. Music soon, hopefully. Patron show next week. Uh, details on the Patreon. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Oh, I pressed a button that didn't disconnect me, but just muted you all. That's amazing. It's exactly how I want to leave this world. Just bye. And then I just... I... Oh, if I, if I toggle my ears off, you can't hear me. God damn it. Because it'd be perfect if I could toggle off hearing but still speak and just be all like, I'm fucking done with you all. The oh, but you can't hear. Because I'm pretend that I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the I can't hear you button and I'm still there and I'm like, no, I'm still here. I'm just done with you all because you're all fucking dead to me. And now I'm just going to sing the dumb song. Dumb, 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 dumb. All right. Thank you guys really for for uh, everything. Appreciate it. And you, that's the recording for sure going off.